Um, our scripture today is from Acts chapter 16, uh, verses starting at the 16th verse. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune telling. While she was followed, Paul and while she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, "These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim you proclaim to you a way of salvation." She kept going. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her own... When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the, mag and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake, so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down and trembling before, before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And at the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. And when his entire family were baptized without delay, he brought them up into the house and, and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the word. Amen. Good morning, friends. My name is Christian Kuhn, and I'm the pastor here at UBC West and River Forest United Methodist. My pronouns are he, him, and his. It's great to be here with you today. What I would like for you to do is right in front of you, uh, there is an old-timey thing called a hymnal. Uh, and so it's got hymnal right across the front. So I'd like all of you to pick that up and open it. Uh, to the, like first, you'll notice at the very beginning, like in the, there's a, a lot of these hymnals are dedicated in memory. So River Forest folks, you may know some of the folks who are there. And if you turn a couple pages and then go past the preference and then Roman numeral seven, there is a page that says directions for singing. Does everybody see this? 
No. Everybody got it? Anybody know that this was in there? Long time United Methodists might have known that this is in here. So this is written by John Wesley, the founder, uh, one of the founders of the Methodist movement in the 18th century. Directions for uh, singing. So let's look at through a couple of instructions that John Wesley is giving to everybody here. So in like Roman numeral two, sing them exactly as they are printed here. So no improvising, no riffing, None of this. Sing exactly as they are here. I'd like number four. Sing lustily and with a good courage. How many of us take this up today? Did we sing lustily and with good courage when we sang the songs today? And Becky was like, yeah, kind of, maybe half, half lustily. It's a little, you know, some good courage. But then, do not bawl so as to be heard above or distinct from the rest of the congregation. So sing lustily, but you're not a soloist, essentially, I think is what John is saying here. So sing lustily, sing in time, above all, sing spiritually, have an eye to God in every word you sing, and all kinds of instructions, directions for singing. It's a really kind of fascinating thing that John gives to us on how we are called to be singing. You may want to take a look at that and see how you are doing. The one quibble that I have with this, though, is maybe it's just implied, but there are no directions for listening. It's all about singing, about how do we project, how do we hit the notes, how do we say the words, all of these things. And that's understandable. When we sing, often we're thinking about what's on the screen, what's on the hymnal, all of these things. How am I projecting? Now, we are. We are listening. I mean, we're listening to the music. We might be listening to the person next to us. We might be judging them because they're really not singing lustfully and with good courage. Or they're, they're bawling a little bit. They're probably a little too much. And tone it down a bit. So maybe these are the things that we are subconsciously listening to. But are we really listening to what is going on? So that's the only amendment I would make to what John has to say here. So why am I talking about listening? Before I do that, I also want to uh, say hello and good morning to all of those folks who are watching online today. It's great to have you here with us as well. I hope that you can participate in some of the things that we're going to be doing uh, this morning during this sermon. So we are in a sermon series called Divina, and we are trying out some spiritual practices that I hope can slow us down and appreciate so many things that are happening all around us. So two weeks ago, we were having our Blessing of the Animals service. And so we paid particular attention to nature, to the creatures that are around us, hopefully slowing down some and really taking notice of all that is around us, particularly in God's creation. Last week, we took a look at a practice called Lectio Divina. And that is a practice where we really slow down and take a look at the words of Scripture. Sometimes when you read the Bible, we're interested in the historical context. We're trying to get a theological sense of what's happening, and that's all good. But also, it's important for us, I think, to stop and slow down and really savor the words and phrases that are in the Scriptures to see what is God saying to me in this passage. Today, we're going to try a practice called Musica Divina where we pay attention to music in our midst and sense and get a sense of what God is saying to us through notes and how God is speaking to us through this real gift of music in our lives uh, here today. So 
there are lots of passages in the scriptures about singing. So if you just type in the word sing, I think in the Psalms, I did that this week, the word sing comes up 66 times in the Psalms, which makes sense because these are hymns. These are songs to be sung. But in other places, too, we see a lot of instruction about singing. How do we sing to God a new song? How do we sing our praises to God? But once again, like the directions that John Wesley has given to us, not a lot of passages about listening. But here in our passage today, we have just that. Now, it can kind of be lost. There's a lot going on in this passage here today in Acts. And certainly, when we look especially at verses 25, 26, we are maybe inspired by Paul and Silas. They are thrown into prison because of their beliefs and what they are doing. And then, in the midst of being in the prison cell, it tells us that they sing. The scripture tells us that uh, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So especially when we look at verse 25, I think that first half of that verse is the one that a lot of people will focus on. How can it be that Paul and Silas imprisoned and yet they are still singing hymns to God, praying and singing in the midst of their imprisonment? Now, obviously, and certainly, that is a really wonderful part of this verse to focus on. But then, the second part of this verse, I think, is important too. And the prisoners were listening to them. So, the first part of this verse says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, comma, and the prisoners were listening to them. So, what were the prisoners hearing? The other people there, what were they drawing from this? From what Paul and Silas were saying and singing at that time. They were there listening and getting a sense of what they were uh, projecting and um, proclaiming in the midst of what they were uh, saying and singing. So that's what I want to focus on today. This listening habit that we are seeing and getting a sense of. And so I want to practice this with all of you, like we did with Lectio Divina and like we did with uh, Natura Divina a couple of weeks ago, to practice what's called Musica Divina. So what I would like you to do is, I know sometimes it's hard in churches and sanctuaries to feel comfortable, but to try to take a deep breath and just relax our shoulders. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and there's always that uh, you know, napping is not far behind when we do that, and that's okay. Uh, that's okay. So I'm going to play a very short piece of music. It's a classical piece. We're going to hear some Yo-Yo Ma this morning. And it's going to play, I'm going to play it three different times. Same piece, three different times. Now, sometimes when we think about music, it's on in the background. So whether we are listening to uh, vinyl or CDs or some folks still have eight-track tape in your house and lots of streaming, of course, now. Lots of people on Spotify and Apple Music, all these, they're listening in that way, too. But I don't know, most of the time, for me, it's on in the background, and that's okay. It is the score of my life, whether I am answering email or washing dishes or getting ready in the morning, that is on in the background. What I want for us today is to put this music in the foreground and really listen to these notes. 
get a sense of what is stirring up in you as you listen to this music. So this first time that we're going to listen, just get a sense of how does the music move you or what do you feel? So let's go ahead and listen. <coughs> So answer this question to yourself. How did you feel when you listened, truly listened? This is not on the background, but when we really listened to this music, how did it make you feel? Now keep breathing. We listen to it a second time. And this time I want you to pay attention and listen. Is God speaking to you at all as you listen to this music? All right, listen to it again. So I've been listening to this a lot this week, and one of the things that this piece has done for me is I've imagined the notes are going up and down and up and down, and I've imagined myself in those moments of ecstasy, feeling so close to God, but then those moments too where it feels like, where is God in the midst of my lament and sorrow? 
And the music seemed to speak to me in that way. How did God speak to you when you heard these notes? All right, we're going to listen one more time. Again, take a deep breath. And this last time, I want you to see, is there a word or phrase that comes to mind? Is there a word or a phrase that comes to mind as you listen to this music? All right, last time. Was there a word or a phrase that came to mind as you listened to this? So if you're watching online, if this might be a chance for you to type in what might be a word or a phrase, type that into the chat that came to mind. How about for anyone here today? Anyone feel like sharing a word or a phrase that came to mind as you listen? Embrace the spirit. That's what Embrace the spirit, okay. God will raise you up. Go ahead, Shelby. Safety? Safety. Yeah, like this song always came back to the resolve. Okay. So outside, always came back. Okay. Safe in that. Okay, safe in that. Nicole? Kind of similarly, like there is calm inside. Calm inside. I, the, strangely, for, I listened, listened, today, momentum was the word that kept popping up for me. I don't really, I need to pray about it later to figure out what that means. But just that sense, the music continues on. And so perhaps for perseverance, resilience, God's presence in the midst of that. So, of course, there are no right or wrong answers at all. This is one way that I believe that God can be speaking to you as God speaks to us through nature, as God speaks to us through the scriptures, as God speaks to us through this gift of music. And so what I would encourage you to do, certainly we want all of you to practice these things. They're called spiritual practices. So whatever your favorite piece of music is, they can be certainly with lyrics or, or not, but to take time and take music out of the background sometimes and put it in the foreground to stop and listen to see what is God saying to you 
in the midst of this. This is a common theme in this sermon series because we are constantly going. We are bombarded with messages in so many different ways. And so there is that urgency just to go, go, go. And these practices, finding the divine in all things, how can we do that? So there was a um, fairly popular uh, experiment, I guess, social experiment uh, that was uh, born out of now, I think 15 years ago. So some of you may, uh, especially for those who loved this piece of music today, you may have heard of the violinist named Joshua Bell. And uh, Josh, there was an experiment that the Washington Post did with uh, Josh Bell. So he's a world-renowned uh, violinist. If you wanted to go and hear him in concert, it would cost you lots and lots of money. So the experiment was, we're going to put Joshua Bell in a very busy train stop in down, near downtown DC. So lots of people going and coming and they're on their way to work and they wanted to see exactly what would happen. Certainly for those of us who ride the train here from time to time, there are people who play their wares, they're singing or they're playing or they're playing other music. Uh, and so we see that or have experienced that when we ride the Chicago trains. And so here they wanted to know what would people do if there was a world-class violinist playing. So uh, we didn't practice. Let's see if this go ahead. Let's see if this works. So we can see. <clears throat> so this is video. They did, they did some statistics on this. So in that, <clears throat> this is the middle of the morning rush hour. So it was uh, 7.51 a.m. 43 minutes went by and he performed six classical pieces. So 1,097 people passed by. You could tell, you can guess all of them probably on their way to work. So maybe a government job. This is in the heart of DC, all of these different things. So in this three quarters of an hour that Joshua Bell played. How many do you want to guess of that 1,097 people? Go ahead online, take a guess in the chat. How many stopped what they were doing to hang around and take in their performance for at least a minute? Any guesses? Zero. Don has a very low opinion. <laughs> <clears throat> Any other guesses? It was higher than zero, I will say that. 120? Five? Ten. Shelby and whoever said ten are very close. Seven. Seven of the 1,097. Now, on the one hand, we say, well, they're on their way to work, right? They've got places to go, things to do. And there were seven who stayed for at least a minute. 27 gave money, most of them on the run. So on that morning, Joshua Bell made $32 and change. <laughs> so, you know, of course, we can think to ourselves, say, well, yeah, I mean, if we think to ourselves, what would we have done? And it, we 
our mindset is 7.51, I'm late. I've got to get to where I am going. Or we're just so used to, like, just kind of like, I'm, I'm on my way. I've got, I don't have time to stop and listen to this. So on the one hand, I think we can probably understand, probably I have been part of the 1,090 who didn't stop. But what does it mean for us to do that? There is beauty all around us. When we see God's creation, especially this time of the year, just the shocking colors that we see in our midst, how often do we stop? It's the Joshua Bell of trees right now. How often do we stop and just say, God is speaking to me in this moment when I see this? Or how often when you read the scriptures, especially if it's a scripture that you know so well and we just kept like, oh yeah, the Good Samaritan story, yeah, yeah, and all these things, how often do we stop and really savor the words to see what is God saying to me in the midst of this? And in music, we turn it on, it's in the background, and it's enjoyable, but for us to stop and say and sense, speaking to me right now, in all of this. Friends, this is, I think, what God's call is for us. Just stop and let me speak to you. Stop and listen to the overwhelming love that I have for you. Stop and listen to the directions and the places where I would like you to go. Stop and listen so that God does not just become background noise for us, but instead is in the forefront, always, so that we are listening and knowing that we are at the forefront in God's heart. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence in our midst. Thank you for music, for notes, for cello, guitars, and pianos, and song, help us to know that you speak to us through those notes, speak to us through the rests, speak to us through the lyrics, and you speak to us in the silence. God, help us to stop and to listen to your guidance, your wisdom, your love. We pray all this in Jesus' name.